January is Heroes Month. I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And these are our incredible stories. Well, Gary and I would like to welcome each and every one of you from across the United States and around the world. We are so thankful that you're with us this evening for our very first podcast of the brand new year. And January is our Heroes Month, so Gary, I think it's very fitting that we start off with maybe not a real-life hero, but a superhero. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, there is an official Batman day, but we're going to uh, leap forward with uh, this uh, superhero. Um, what is it? Superhero day or superhero month or whatever? Uh, it's super. It's hero month. Hero month. Okay, hero month. And so uh, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite comic book superheroes, Batman. And uh, we're going to give a little bit of history about uh, his creators, because uh, a lot of people may know of uh, Bob Kane. Uh, as being the creator of Batman, but they may not know about the co-creator who came up with a lot of the ideas for the character, and his name was Bill Finger. Yes, indeedy, and uh, we are going to make sure that uh, you folks know everything there is to know about Bill Finger because the Batman you may be familiar with today uh, comes to a large extent out of his fertile mind. Uh, Gary, first of all, let's talk a little bit about Bob Kane. Uh, that wasn't his uh, birth name. Uh, he was born Robert Kahn back in New York City. And uh, I don't know, did you know that he studied art at Cooper Union? I did not know that. So he, uh, you know, that was his background, his educational background, art. And uh, then he joined the Max Fleischer Studios, and he was a tran uh, trainee animator there in 1934. Now, what are the Max Fleischer Studios known for? Well, Fleischer cartoons are very popular. They were uh, very famous back in the 30s and 40s. But mm -hmm. I think when some people think of Fleischer, they think of the original Superman cartoons. Yeah, so that means yeah. that uh, Mr. Uh, Bob Kane was uh, helping to animate Batman, or not Batman, uh, Superman, before he uh, was developing Batman. Most likely. Now, uh, two years later, after he uh, was there at the Fleischer Studios, uh, or joined the Fleischer Studios in 1936, he entered the comic books field because comic books were huge back in the 30s and oh, the 40s yeah. and 1950s. And so um, Peter Pup and Ginger Snap <laughs> were a couple of his uh, first uh, comic book uh, comics. Uh, Oscar the Gumshoe, he did that one for Detective Comics. And then he did Professor Doolittle for Adventure Comics. I don't know if that's the profession, uh, Professor Doolittle who's famous with animals or not. Well, that was Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle. Yeah. So this is Professor Doolittle, Bob Kane's invention for adventure comics. And then uh, he went on to do his first adventure strip, which was called Rusty and His Pals. And then a seminal moment in Bob Kane's life and Bob Kane's career. May. 1939, Detective Comics number 27, Batman first appears. Ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. That's right. 
the Cape Crusader. Mm-hmm. And in uh, 1939, DC's success with Superman in the action comics prompted them to scramble looking around for more uh, such heroes. And so that's what uh, motivated Bob Kane to conceive the Batman. And uh, he said that the influences for the character included the actor Douglas Fairbanks in his portrayal of the swashbuckling Zorro. Yes, and you know what? I can easily see how... um, Batman and Zorro are similar. Both of them very wealthy, um, both vigilantes. Um, they travel by night and uh, defend uh, the the innocent from the uh, evil, evil <laughs> doers that are out there. Yeah. Now, the thing about uh, the original version of Batman, uh, you can Google it yourself. I'm looking at the picture right now. It is not what you would expect, and this is where things kind of deviate. Everybody associates Batman. Uh, Batman with Bob Kane being the creator. But the original style for Batman was a bright red costume and bat wings protruding out of his back. Now, Uh, who would have ever imagined that as the original Batman? By the way, those wings? Yeah. They were um, they were inspired by none other than the classical artist Leonardo da Vinci. He had a diagram of some kind of flying machine with a huge bat-like wings, and so Bob Kane said that's where he came up with the idea for those wings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I honestly couldn't imagine seeing Batman like that now. I mean, he doesn't even have the uh, the iconic mask with the ears. He just has a mask similar to Robin or Zorro where it just covers his eyes. So... Um, how did Batman get his look? Well, enter Bill Finger, as you said. Now, Bill Finger, in my mind, has really done most of the creation of the Batman as we we know him today. He suggested the, giving the character a cowl, mm-hmm. the scalloped cape, instead of wings. So he, you know, deep-sixed the wings. They, they, went, they went. He added gloves. He left the mask's eye holes blank, which he felt connoted a little bit of mystery mm-hmm. can't see those eyes yeah and uh he definitely removed the uh, bright red sections of the original costume that was out 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 uh instead uh um, bill finger suggested uh, a gray and black color scheme and the reason he did that is he too had inspiration uh, from somewhere and it uh, was lee fox the phantom and by the way the phantom is still carried in the comics the sunday comics today to this day so besides uh, Batman, uh, Bill Finger also helped to create another character, and that was Robin. Uh, in fact, um, I've got his exact words here. Uh, let, me, let me quote him, uh, Gary. Robin was an outgrowth of a conversation I had with Bob. That's Bob Kane. As I said, Batman was a combination of Douglas Fairbanks and Sherlock Holmes. Holmes had his Watson. The thing that bothered me was that Batman didn't have anyone to talk to, and it got a little tiresome always having him thinking. I found that as as I went along, Batman needed a Watson to talk to, and that's how Robin came to be. Bob called me over and said he was going to put a boy in the strip to identify with Batman. I thought it was a great idea. And you know what? It turned out to be a great idea, Gary, because it enlarged the reader identification. Younger kids could identify with Robin, the older folks with 
Batman, and it just extended the appeal on a whole lot of levels. Now, one of the key things about Robin uh, that people may or may not know, I mean, if you're not a big comic book fan, you probably wouldn't know this. You just recognize him as Batman's sidekick. But Dick Grayson was an orphaned uh, circus performer, and his his parents were killed in an accident on the trapeze, and and Batman adopts him, feeling bad because uh, Bruce Wayne lost his parents to um, a criminal uh, who tried to rob them. And I bet you didn't know this: when uh, Bruce Wayne and his parents are coming out of the theater, the movie that they went to see was Zorro. <laughs> a little bit of a nod there to uh, yeah. the inspiration. Yeah. Um, so so he adopts Robin uh, because he can understand what it feels like to lose your parents at a young age uh, to something like that. And I believe it was a criminal. Right now I'm a little bit uh, running a blank on it, but it was, it was due to somebody else's negligence uh, that led to Robin's parents dying. What issue did uh, Robin first show up in? Robin showed up in uh, Detective Comics number 38. And don't forget that the uh, number 27 was where Batman first appeared. So mm -hmm. we're looking at 11 issues later. Right. And uh, Detective Comics 1938 came out in um, April 1940. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, now, there is a change that happens with Batman. I wanted to bring this up because maybe there's not many people that know this. But uh, up until about the 50s, like 1954, uh, comic books were not regulated by any standards as far as what you could and couldn't put in them. So you had a lot of the um, the horror comics, like the Vault of Horror and Tales from the Crypt and things like that. You had a lot of uh, superheroes and action heroes. And there were certain things that they could do in those comic books that were very shocking. It probably wouldn't be shocking now, but you could have death and, and mayhem and stuff like that. And it, it wasn't regulated. So there was the comic book code, which still exists to this day, but uh, it was brought in to kind of rein in things uh, with writers and creators because comic books at one point were thought to uh, destroy young children's minds and make them corrupt and, and uh, persuade them to uh, you know do horrible things. Mm. Uh, yeah, crazy. Um, this changed things for Batman. Uh, the original Batman comics were film noir type stories. They were noir stories and uh, dealt with heavy crime and uh, murder mysteries and things like this. And so uh, Batman, believe it or not, actually carried a gun in the original comic books and was not afraid to use his gun. Uh, it wasn't until later in the 50s after the comic book code that things started to change and people often refer to that as the, the golden age of Batman. And these uh, Batman characters were uh, larger than life. Batman and Robin were uh, a little bit more relaxed. Uh, Batman had a code that he would not kill. And uh, you had over-the-top things like giant pianos or, you know, really bizarre scenarios where things would happen. And that's when you saw things like uh, characters like the Riddler and uh, the Joker came in at, when Batman came in. I think he was part of the first story that Batman was in. So he had already been around for a while. But the, the Riddler, Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy, uh, the Catwoman, all of these other characters that were very larger than life started popping up in the comic books. And they were more silly. And they, they still had adventure to them. But it wasn't that same kind of noir, dark kind of stories 
that were associated with Pulp Fiction novels that Batman started out with. Yes, and, uh, you know, I mentioned that um, Robin first appeared in April of 1940. Well, four years later, Batman and Robin first appeared on the movie screen. That's right. In fact, our connection to it is uh, with uh, our friend Johnny Duncan, who played the second uh, version of Robin, but he often referred to himself as the original. Yes, and that's because in 1944, the first version uh, was during World War II, right in the heat of things, and uh, uh, we were fighting a very bloody battles in uh, the uh, Pacific Theater. And so it was uh, really hateful, hateful toward uh, any, any folks who were of Japanese uh, descent. And so uh, Columbia, after the war, uh, felt that it might be a little uh, too much of a, a racial uh, situation and mm-hmm. that uh, they decided in 49 to do uh, a little bit cleaner version. Right. And so in 1949, they came out with uh, Batman and Robin. And like you say, our good friend Johnny Duncan uh, played Robin in that, and um, Robert, what was his name? Robert Lowry was yeah, Robert, Batman. Robert Lowry was the uh, uh, Batman in that. Mm-hmm. And his uh, the bad guy in that was the wizard. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. funny that they didn't do the Joker or somebody that would have been yeah recognizable, but the wizard. The wizard. He mm-hmm. was the <laughs> he was the uh, sinister uh, villain there in the yep. in the Columbia serial. Columbia was. Uh, what they call the part of the poverty row studios that that wasn't uh you know one of the bigger outfits in hollywood so uh you know batman came uh into the uh, movie screen and uh you know a modest circumstances but that he did here's the neat thing um bill finger was alive to see batman and robin appear on the movie screen and he was also alive to see uh, Batman and Robin uh, appear on television. Unfortunately, I guess he died in 1974. I have that over here. Um, and so he was not alive when uh, Batman really hit the big movie screen uh, starting in 1989 right. with Warner Brothers. Yeah, no, he died in uh, January uh, of 74. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and um, no, you're right. Uh, the, the sad thing is, is that... Uh, Bill Finger never really got the recognition he deserved uh, when it came to his part that he played in the creation of Batman. Um, Bob Kane definitely came up with the idea for the Batman character, but a lot of what makes Batman Batman was thanks to Bill Finger. Now, uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't know who Bill Finger was if it wasn't for his granddaughter, who uh, discovered uh, much later in life... um, who her grandfather was and what he did. Um, Because I guess uh, Bill Finger and his uh, son were estranged from each other. Um, But the granddaughter felt that her grandfather deserved the recognition um, that that belonged to him for his creation and really went on a, a whole campaign. There was documentaries made about Bill Finger and things like that. And so now, whenever you watch any of the more current uh, movies, Batman movies, Bill Finger is credited in those movies. And now I'm not sure if they've done any updated versions of like the Tim Burton Batman films or the ones from the 90s uh, with, you know, Joel Schumacher. Um, I'm not sure if they put Bill Finger's name in those in current uh, iterations of them. But I do know that all of the stuff now definitely has his name on it. And rightfully so. 
And uh, it's not that he was left out for any malicious reason. Uh, Bob Kane uh, certainly didn't leave him out, uh, you know, for any malicious reason. Uh, what happened was uh, Bob had already submitted the proposal for Batman to D.C. before Bill Finger really, you know, came into the picture substantially. So Bob is the one that held the contract, and so he was the only person that was given an official company credit for Batman's creation. Right. Although I think I, some could argue the fact that uh, if, if Bill had so much of that, he could have um, shared a little bit of the credit too, you know, yeah, in, in yeah. naming him as that. But uh, I know Bob Kane was pretty upfront uh, as far as being the godfather of Batman. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, again, he, he did come up with the idea. Nobody's taking that away from it. But Bill Finger really fleshed out the flesh right, and bones the, of Batman. He's, he's the one who he's created the, the one. look. He's the one. Right. He's the one. So. And so Bob uh, Kane, by the way, lived to the ripe old age of 83. He died in 1998. So he did see some of those Batman he, movies. He big, saw... Big Batman movies. He saw four of them made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. Uh, we're talking about this now because we have um, coming up pretty soon um, a whole bunch of Batman movies that are going to be coming out. We got the the one that's going to be doing... Uh, that's been done by Matt Reeves, which kind of follows along with that original noir batman style uh and then the return of michael keaton as uh batman in the uh, upcoming flash movie so and uh, apparently he's signed on to do three more films so it's a very exciting time if you are a batman fa- uh, fan uh and and like those kind of movies i know i'm i'm really pumped about it and i'm gonna have to clear out some room because i'll be purchasing some new collectibles <laughs> and you know what i'm talking about i've been collecting since i was a kid and uh, now into my adulthood, and I have um, I have too many things. So anyway, but it, it's it's fun. It's fun, mm-hmm. and uh, I have to say uh, the one reason why I like Batman so much, he's not really a superhero if you think about it. He is just a man who dresses up in a costume, and everybody else around him has superpowers, but he can hold his own with everybody else, and he has to rely more on his. Uh, intelligence and uh his strategy uh skills to be able to defeat all of the uh, people and sometimes uh super powered people so i think that makes him an incredible character because he is only human a great superhero to start off our heroes month on i think the so podcast. yes so here's the batman and to uh, all of our heroes out there who don't wear a cape and put themselves on the line every single day yes thank you All right, well, guess what, folks? It's that time. I'm Richard. I'm Gary. And this was an incredible story. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to us. And if you're a first-time listener, join us every Friday for new episodes. Thanks for listening.